it may feel like we're going through a cultural revolution right now in the Western world, but there was a real cultural revolution. It's called the Great Proletariat Cultural Revolution. And I've been uh, asking Ellis Yan, president of TCP or CEO of TCP for a long time, to tell us his story because he just seemed to fit the age bracket. And Greg, what a story. It was unbelievable. And this is not it. You know, this is a lighting podcast, but guess what? In this episode, I don't know that we talked about lighting at all. And that's okay because it's very interesting and something you should get into. Yeah, this is a good story. And um, it, it takes um, from the beginning of uh, Ellis Yan's life um, to the end of the Cultural Revolution in 1976 with the death of Mao. He doesn't even get to America. <laughs> we have to do a part two and then maybe a part three. But uh, yeah, this was a good one. TCPI.com for technical consumer products, Greg. That's right. And they're doing virtual lunches with Ellis. Ellis is a unique individual in this industry. Someone that you should listen to if you haven't or talk to if you haven't. Because he is very passionate. And you can see it on what he's offering. This virtual lunch. He's doing three a day. They started as a temporary thing. But they're, they're keeping this thing rolling. And they go three times a day on different topics related to lighting. And they give you a $20 gift card every time you do a unique topic for lunch. So you can sit there, have lunch, and listen to Ellis and talk and interact with them. Highly suggest doing that. Check it out on their website. And they also have contractor rebate programs. So another unique thing that TCP does that I haven't seen anybody else do. Uh, they're putting out some nice programs for distributors, for lighting people. So check them out today. Yeah. And you know, it's... Uh just a good nail member, uh, TCP for a long time. Go to NALD.org if you want to join. But um, there's folks, there's not a lot of people like Ellis Young in the world. There just isn't. So uh, my suggestion would be to give this one a, one a roll. I want to have some half-cooked rice first, though. Welcome back, Ellis Young. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me back again. No problem. Our pleasure. So Greg and I have been um, interested in, in learning more about you personally for a while. And we've been trying to book this and ask you and get the right time. And I, I just feel like now is, is the right time for the lighting industry to really learn about who Ellis Yan is and, and where he came from. So I'll start right off. Where, when and where were you born in China? I was born in China, uh, Shanghai, China. Long, long time ago, 1954, June 9th. That was a long time ago. 1954. 1954. So, on May 16th, 1966, and um, so you you're you're in school, you're 12 yeah. years old, and did you return? You just graduated. Once the Cultural Revolution began, did you return to school in September and continue your education in high school? No. Yes or no? Uh, what happened at that time was they shut down the schools. In a way, they still ask all the kids go to the school. But there were no classes. So strange things about that is at that time, there are no tests need to be passed. We were being told, you just go to the school, high school or junior high school close to your home. 
So they basically divided all the schools is 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 all those schools you are next to that school doesn't matter what that school is about you go to that school so strange things really happen because the junior high and high combined together next to my house used to be a girls school and that school was actually established in the 1920s it was a christian school christian girls school and my aunt my mom went to that school. My two sisters went to that school. Until 1966, at that time, the school had no choice. So they have to accept the both boys and the girls. So actually 1966 is the first time that school since opened in the twenties, except all the boys over there, hmm. because that was being told, we just go to the nearest school. So when I went to that school, and all of a sudden, I find out all the teachers over there knew my sisters. And they were always pointed to me, talk to somebody else. Oh, this is who and who brother. It was very odd, tell you guys, mm -hmm. okay? Because it's a, it's a girl's school. Also, because there was no preparation. And we find out there were not enough restrooms for the boys in their school. Hmm. So we have to fight to go to the bathroom because it was a close school. <laughs> hmm. uh, it was a pretty bizarre. And obviously, uh, we were uh, required to uh, report to the school every morning, 8 o'clock. However, there was no classes. There are no really real classes or math or, or Chinese or physics, none of them. Uh, when we were in the school at that time, uh, pretty much is we did a lot of what we call political study. Okay. Political study. We did a, uh, right. Yeah. It's the political study. Okay. And, uh, uh, and, uh, we, uh, we, we, we basically, uh, by today's standards called hang out, which is hang oh, out yeah. in the school in a very loose style. Okay. okay? And obviously the teachers, uh, uh, didn't really uh, uh, put a discipline on the students either because during that period of time, as you guys know, teachers were being called classified as intellectual people and was the target for that period of time. Did you so, guys, did you, was there, was there any groups in your like red guard groups or anything like that formed in the student body of your school? Uh, I was a little bit too young for that. But Red Gods is all older than I was. Okay. okay? I would say Red Gods kids is between, uh, uh, I would say 17, 18, all the way to 40. It's not really young people. Uh, did, you, at that time, did you Did you participate in the, the, was there any humiliation of the teachers going on with the dunce caps and the airplane pose and all that stuff that you read about in... When you learn about the Cultural Revolution, did that happen at all at your high school? At your high school? Yes. Okay. That's why I said early that teachers are, were very hesitating to really teach because that kind of things just happen every single day, just every single. They become like a like a daily routine instead of going to classes, learn something. It just just really the whole thing was upside down. Okay. Uh, uh, instead of teachers supposed to teach, 
versus the classroom pretty much controlled by the students, mm -hmm. okay? And obviously, uh, 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 certain teachers who are very unfortunate become the target, okay? Which uh, things like that just happen on a daily basis. Did you, like, did they, would they would go and search the teacher's offices for American paraphernalia or for foreign currency or for bottles of wine from France, and they would accuse them of being capitalists or being uh, not in favor of the revolution or whatever, and then they would uh, be subject to this humiliation? Uh, I, I would say that the example you're using is is not, not happening because it didn't have the Coca-Cola can or uh, American dollars. Those things mm -hmm. never existed during that period of time. However, okay, it will go more than that. For instance, that if it's a, a, a teacher's uh, a female, even their hairstyle, even the shoes they're wearing mm -hmm. all become the subject. Does that make sense to you guys? And it doesn't the, make any the, sense, but I know what you're saying. Like it's completely <laughs> insane what happened. But no, uh, if the teacher wearing a stylish shoes, oh my god, that day she become the target, and the, the students really will take the shoes off and cut the shoes in half. It, you know things like that. It's, it's very bizarre. Was there a, a student that was in, like the leader of this group, or how did your school like? How did it happen? One student did it, then everybody just piled in and, and helped out. I, I don't get that part of it. Uh, it's 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 really uh, uh, it's not very formal. Uh, it's a freestyle. In other words, uh, there was not really student body at that time. However, uh, there is uh, unannounced, unrecognized so-called student leaders, and you always have a people like that. They become uh, uh, so-called the leader, and they are really come out and get people energized and get people going a little bit crazy okay and the people will follow those leaders at that time uh not really a formally organization it just just to think about it. when you have a chaos you always have a people just like that just like that and you just quickly Greg, people will follow you know it's interesting when your goal when you're in a rebellion so when you're in rebellion okay, against something. You don't have to build anything beautiful. You don't have to put a lot of effort into anything. Your victory is just destruction. Correct. Right. And so, the worst than that, it's a measurement of the rebellion is how much you destruct it. Exactly. The more you, the more kids or people do that, the more they feel good about themselves. That, that's why it's very bizarre. Yes, very I, I might know the answer, but why does a teacher show up if they're going through all this? Because they're forced to? They is that... to. Okay, okay, teacher has to show up, okay? Because remember, remember, this is called, called so-called society structure. I think sometimes, yeah. sometimes people don't understand, okay? Remember, since 1949, the social structure being built in a such a way because people do what is being told. So sometimes you can, oh, they be forced into that. But in general, that's what they've been told. So they've been told to show up. And they know, uh, they knew at that time, when they showed up, something might happen to them. But they still will show up. Huh. Okay? Crazy. You so can you, say, you actually witnessed one of your teachers being put into that airplane pose with the head down that they that's so famous from the Cultural Revolution in China. Like that's the symbol, yeah, the just, teacher on, on their knees like that. Right, because it just happened every day. 
Huh. It's, it's just not like a, something very unique. It's just every single day. It's like a daily routine. Huh. How many years did you spend in that high school? I spent three years in that high school. So did you have three years of the Cultural Revolution in your high school where this, this madness was happening every day? Yeah, but if you understand, that's the first three years of the entire 10 years Cultural Revolution. The Cultural Revolution lasts sure. for 10 years. Sure. That was just the first, the 66, 67, and the 68 to 69. So, so by the Chinese school standard, on the 1969, the three years, I supposed to graduate from junior high school. Yeah. Okay. So what, How, what did you learn in that time frame? I mean, that that to me is sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, or seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, whatever we want to call correct. it here. But right. what did you learn in that time frame? Anything? Did you do any subjects, or were you just free for all? No, zip. I don't remember. Got, I don't remember <laughs> any specific subject I learned. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's funny, but it's people, tragic. <laughs> I tell you, I always tell people my formal education was elementary school. <laughs> that's, that's real, you know. <laughs> Obviously, wow. afterwards, I come to the States, went to college, this, another story. But real, at, at that time, okay, basically, uh, me, not just me, the entire country skipped like 10 years. So, yeah. so not like uh, I'm unique. No, 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 I'm just one of them. It just, whole thing just skipped, like. That was great. What were your parents doing while all this was going on? Were they were they subject to some censorship? Were they forced to to or were they on the side of the cultural revolution? Where were your parents? At? Uh, obviously, uh, 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 my father uh, was an entrepreneur, and uh, actually, he uh, built up a factory and a company uh, manufacturing alloy, alloy wires. Okay, okay, which the mix different metals into the wires for. For one example, old days in the incandescent bulbs, inside it is an alloy. Okay. Mm, yeah, it's sure. Alloy. So he built that company. And uh, 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 however, because of that, uh, he was being classified as capitalist. Capitalist, yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So oh, he man. classified. Okay. Because every person uh, or people in that structure of society, you have to be classified into the certain groups. Okay, that's the structure of the society. So he was capitalized, he's a capitalist. So because he was capitalist, he become the target of the cultural revolution, part of the target. Remember, we're talking about uh, during the cultural revolution, one group is called intellectual, including the scientists, doctors, teachers in that group. They have another group we call the, you know, it's a capitalist which means they used to own the companies, okay? Mm -hmm. They using used to have their own business, okay? That's another group. Uh, that group also being treated as the same as the first group. So yes, so my parents were- This is like the elites. These are like the elites that the, the mob targets, that they're blaming their problems on. It's like the elites, the capitalists and the intellectuals. If we just got Correct. rid of those guys, we everything would be amazing. <laughs> That's the attitude of the Cultural Revolution, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. But more important, I think that's just on the surface. I think the real reason for the Cultural Revolution, I think it's just political struggling within the party. And end up the country and the people suffer. So it okay. starts at the it top, like in fighting, yes, in, right. in fighting between 
elites in the politics spills out into the streets in a way. Correct. That's exactly what happened. Interesting. Okay. So yes, that was. At what point did you decide? Did your parents decide? Decide? <clears throat> excuse me. Decide to remove you from the situation? Was your were your parents taken away by the government? Were they jailed? What happened to them? No. Obviously, uh, we our life changed because before 1966, my childhood was very uh, uh, was very pleasant. We didn't have any issues because uh, uh, the, the 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 life was still good. Okay, but as uh, as happened 1966, uh, first thing is obviously they they come and uh, they so-called the red gods. They just basically took everything away. Okay, and uh, that being said, the, the life become a little bit difficult at that time. Okay, uh, it just simply a little bit difficult. Okay, uh, obviously uh, my dad was still working in the factories. Okay, he become the regular workers in the in the in the in the in the like in, in his own factory. Okay, and uh, my mother didn't work at that time. Okay, because uh, she used to be a teacher. <laughs> Obviously, mm -hmm. she couldn't find a job at that time. Okay, so 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 uh, we will stay low. Okay, stay stay low. Mm -hmm. which means uh, we didn't make any trouble, we didn't talk anything, we tried to stay as low as possible. So even we were the target of that, uh, we survived through, okay? Uh, uh, the family was not being really harshly treated, okay? It was treated badly, but not like horrible, okay? Uh, obviously, maybe we were lucky, okay? Maybe we, we uh, people, those red guides could be a little bit different, not as bad as others. Okay? Mm. So, uh, so kind of in that sense, uh, we always say, you know, we we're very lucky and we survived through it. Okay. Uh, but like I said earlier, it, it doesn't last for 10 years for a long time. Now, 1969, doesn't matter how much we learn or we didn't learn, the structure still continues. That means 1969, I supposed to graduate from elementary school, and I did. Okay. <laughs> At that time, your guys may heard, uh, all the kids were sent to the countries to do the farm the farms to farms, right? To the farms. I would say, besides, kids have some health problems pretty much every healthy kid being sent away. Are farm. you saying from age 15 and on, or every kid at any age? Yeah. No, no, age, so, not age 15, it's about the graduation years. Start from 1969, okay? Actually, we're a little bit late. Actually, you're talking about, uh, uh, you're talking about, you're talking about six years gap, because if you're talking about uh, 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 from junior high all the way to senior high, all the way to the college age, that huge group of young kids were all sent to the farm. Yeah, that's because they had to forget the four olds, right? That I was remembering from the Cultural Revolution, Mao told all the youth that they had to forget the four olds. Old thoughts, old habits, old customs, old religions. 
and to rebel is good. So that is what you were taught in school, though, was it not? By at the time, was the four olds yes. to get rid of the four That's olds? Right. So they want to so-called being re-educated. Yes, okay. re-educated. Yes, re-educated. Okay, since we were never being educated before, now we need to be re-educated. Re-educated, yes, and to to know that anything you're, that your heritage is bad, your old thoughts yeah. are bad, old religions are bad, old customs. What's the what's the other one? Yeah, so the four olds: old customs, old habits, old thoughts, and old religions. To rebel is good. So you were re-educated, and then you go to work. Is it a rice farm? Is it a pork farm? What, what kind of a farm is it that you're working on? Okay, with? first of all, that was a political talk. Okay. But the real reason for that, in my personal opinion, is which country went through its culture chaos? Yeah. Cities, if you live in the cities, city didn't have enough food. Mm. If you think about it, the economy is being destroyed, how do you support all the people? Food. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to depressurize this situation, just send as many people out of the city as possible. That's do, my own personal opinion. Do you okay? lose your Do you lose your hoku though? If they had happens, you know the Chinese system of hoku, where your yeah, main city. Sure. Do you lose it sure. if you're sent to the countryside? All of them. All of them. Huh. Right. So yeah, you lose all I'm your not, rights. You lose all correct. your. I'm not your civil rights. Anymore. Everything's being moved up, right? Everything huh. moved up. That means if I go home, let's say I want to take a two weeks off, go home, right? I have to eat my parents, my brother, sister's food because mm -hmm. my kudo, like you said, is no more, no longer there. Holy okay, macaroni. So, right, okay. Uh, I... I went to I went to the farm. It was uh, uh, rice paddies. It's uh, we we are uh, farmers over there. We together we we literally planting uh, rice. So I was the lucky one because the rice ones is that means I've been sent to the south. Okay. Okay. If the kids were sent to the north, obviously north people they didn't have rice over there. So the food is more tougher than from the south. Hmm. So that was 1970, April. April nineteen seventy. April 10th. Right, April 10th. Uh, I was being sent away. So I always remember that day because in my life, we all, there's a few days we never forget. That's one of the days. Okay, 1966, June, that's one of the timing. Then the next one was the 1970, April 10th. Uh, at that time, it's a train. Okay, slow moving, we call the yellow train, or we call the green train. The green train moves very slow, but they set up a special train station, uh, which means they, they are, uh, because all kids, okay, uh, kids. So it's not like uh, you buy a train ticket. It's just in time, I, I remember there's like a 10 or 12 cars and it's filled up with the kids, hmm. okay? And uh, and obviously, you know, as young as I was, 15, 16, 17, okay, going that direction, okay, it was a pretty bizarre. And then you have all the parents over there. And I remember this, okay. Today I laugh about this because when the train started moving, oh my goodness, everybody cried because the parents were worried about their kids. Kids has no idea where were going. You see what I mean? Yeah, it's sad. It just, oh my goodness. God, it just, 
everybody's crying for God knows what. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the train start moving slowly. Okay. And the bizarre things was uh, because of kids, yeah. right? About an hour later, all kids were smiling because they forgot this whole thing. <laughs> Because as kids, <laughs> we have this curiosity. Everybody's sure. so curious what I'm going to do. What's going to happen to us? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, pretty bizarre. Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> uh, but but that's like unforgettable. Okay, that day. What were you? Mm -hmm. What was your rations like on the farm? What did you have to eat every day? Okay. Now now getting a little bit different now okay uh you know i was a city boy we were come from shanghai shanghai at that time obviously cannot compare compared to what we doing things here but that time we have a toilet basic mm -hmm. stuff right we have running water we have uh, uh, uh cooking with the gas okay natural gas in a tank that kind of stuff so, so by comparison, I would say very civilized life, hmm. <laughs> even not as good as here, but good stuff. The, the blue train took us one day, 24 hours to get to that next location. We got off the next location. There were buses waiting for us. It took five hours bus ride in the mountain road, literally mountain road, small mountain road. Five hours later, we end up God knows where, complete mountain surrounding us. And we, we, we got off the bus, but the bus continues, right? Because bus may take 40 kids, so they drop like a eight to 10 kids in each in each village, okay. So we got over there and the local farmers were very nice and they gave us one kind of big warehouse type, small warehouse type of room. Let me put it this way. I don't know if you guys are watching those shows, okay. These days we're watching those uh, exciting shows let's say vikings or the last sure. kingdom those yeah. very old uh, uh a couple thousand years ago okay yeah. <laughs> that was the life huh. no running water no electricity nothing 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 that little building over there okay there's a 10 beds inside there's war in the middle because there was a five boys and a five girls if you look up to your, your, your seating, you can see the sky. Hmm. When they rings, we have to have bucket inside the building to make sure to catch the ring inside. Just imagine nothing, 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 nothing. Hmm. How long did nothing. you live there? Eight years. What was the name of that place? Oh, it's called Jiangxi Province. Uh, uh, uh. It's called Yihuang, the local place called Yihuang. Have you been back uh, there? Have you ever been back there yes. since? Yes, I, yes, I went back over there. Uh, so, 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 first couple of weeks, 
you know, I mean, we're kids. Like, just sure. imagine, we're kids, right? Uh, just like today's kids, okay? You, like you go camping. How about that? You go camping, okay? Mm. Obviously, camping with all, no equipment. No equipment at all. <laughs> and you were, the local people are so nice to us. So they give us food, okay? And that's for first couple of weeks. And, you know, because of camping, yes, uh, the, 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 the living is terrible, but it's kind of fun, right? <laughs> sort <laughs> of, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then after that, we brought a bunch of uh, dry food or canned food with us. We start opening up all the cans because, God, I was only 15. I even didn't know how to cook rice, okay? Oh, man. And then slowly, the canned food started going away, like every day. Then we have a 10 kids together, so we had our little meetings. We say, you know what? We better learn how to do things here because it looks like we're not going home. At that time, after one day and a five hours uh, uh, journey, home seems so, so far away. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't go home anymore. So we stuck here. That's, I would say, about a month, month and a half later. And all of a sudden, we realized it. We said, holy moly, we stuck here. And we were depressed. And we didn't smile. And we say to ourselves, what are we going to do? I think so-called depressing area like a last for at least like a few weeks. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that period, all together, we said, you know, let's just figure out a way how to live here. That's we start learn how to do everything, everything from beginning to the end. Food, let's talk about food. If you don't plant your vegetables, you don't eat. Rice, start from rice as, you, as we join the locals. Every day, there's no clock. The sun comes up, everybody get up, okay? There is a leader in the village. It's kind of funny. Every morning, even before the sun comes up, he will start yell, "Times to get up!" <laughs> so whole village will get up. <laughs> then the wives will cook the breakfast, and the the guys will go to the field. We'll work with those guys in the field for two hours. When the sun comes up, then we come back to the village to eat. So 10 of our kids, we rotate. So two kids will do, will cook the meal. Hmm. Okay. And let me tell you this way. I don't know if you guys ever ate half cooked rice, <laughs> yes, half sir. cooked. <laughs> we ate half cooked rice for at least a couple months because we didn't know how to cook it. <laughs> it's awful guys half cooked rice <laughs> it was like holy moly okay <laughs> and the difficult part is this 
Because I don't know if you guys ever saw, because today we have the rice crop, right? So now imagine mm -hmm. you didn't have the, the, the electricity. So literally each family over there, obviously the farmers, local farmers give us called the stove. The stove is a big pot metal walker, but they have stones built around it. So put this walker in the middle. Then underneath, you're using wood or straw. Yeah. Now, in order to cook anything or cook rice, you got to capable to control the frame underneath it. Mm -hmm. So your rice even half cooked or burnt <laughs> because you didn't know how quickly to put a frame away. So next you know is everybody eating burnt black rice. That's our lesson number one. We really learned that. Oh God, it's just like every day we say, how, what the, how come they can have a good rice? We couldn't cook a rice. Are we wow. stupid or not? Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> did you have any meat? Did you guys have any pork or any meat, chickens or anything like that? So obviously there's no refrigerator over there, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened was, each family of the village, every month, every month, because they raise pigs. Mm -hmm. So they actually manage it. So every month they rotate it. So one month, one family will pick a date, okay? Then they will slaughter one pig. And then the family will keep 25 to 30% of the meat. Then the rest of the meat we share with the rest of the villages. Hmm. Okay. When they keep the 25% of meat, the only way they can make the meat to survive, they literally put a tons of salt on it. Salt. They, 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 they keep the meat in the salt. Hmm. And after that, the meat will survive at least six months. Because of that, that each month, each family will kill one pig. So we were having pork once a month, once a month. Okay. How and many, how many people were in the village? Sir. Uh, I think at that time we were have, I think the village was very small. I think we have like 15 or 16 families in the village. Okay. Remember, we're in the mountain, so the village is very small, not like you're in the flat land. Mm. Okay. And obviously later on, about four or five years later, we learned how to raise the pigs too. So we become part of that. So, so one month was us will kill one pig for everybody else. Mm. Hmm. That's how the meat comes. Otherwise, you, you really cannot go to the store. There's no store over there. Sure. There's a little, little store in the town, a very, very small town, all they sell is salt, soy sauce, for instance, okay, cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say cigarettes, okay. yeah. Yeah, cigarettes. Okay. I mean, oh, that, that kind of cigarettes, I tell you, one pack of cigarette, uh, the cost convert to US dollars today, two cents. Two cents. Wow. But we even didn't have the money to buy the two cents cigarette. <laughs> so later we learned, okay, 
we learn how to plant the tobacco leaves. Mm. We actually, few years later, we rolled our own cigarettes because we didn't have money to buy the cigarettes in the store. Mm. So we rolled it. We're so good at it, I tell you. So that's how you talk about primitive guys. It's just a, you, you have to do everything, 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 everything. Nothing is available to you. Nothing. So you lived there eight years. Yes. How does the process, are you? Are about, you yes, seven eight years. About seven and a half, eight years, right. Are you receiving mail from your parents? Is there any in and out mail? Oh, sure. The mail will come from from Shanghai. You will travel about a couple couple weeks. Uh, my mom will, will almost like every week or two to three times a week, my mom will uh, write the letters uh, to me and with my dad, my sisters. And obviously I write to them, you know, two to three times a week. Yes. When, when the did, milk service was there. When did it, when did you start to see that there was going to be a time for you to leave the village and return to Shanghai? I never, Return back to Shanghai in an no. official way. I never did it. So in the 1976, okay, at that time, that's another benchmark of the time which a cultural revolution was over. Mm -hmm. Okay, announced. And Deng Xiaoping, is the name everybody heard, uh, become the leader. Mm -hmm. So the first thing he did, he said, got to put all the education systems back. Now, the difficult part was where everything was being destroyed, how do you put everything back? Mm -hmm. So the first thing he did was, he said, you know what, we have to put this uh, qualification or the entering testing uh, uh, system into the place. So obviously very simple for them to open up the make sure the, the 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 junior high school senior high school back to to the business but the university was pretty much shut down hmm. okay so he wants to open up a university again but he wants to set up the 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 entering testing just and that so the way he did it was he said you know what i don't care how old you are you could be 20 you could be 40 if you're able to pass the test, I will let you go back to the university or colleges. Hmm. Because there's no other way to handle this. Okay. So that was being announced in the, 19, the end of 1975, 76. Mm -hmm. 75, I don't remember exactly what the time was. So my mother <laughs> sent me three boxes of the textbooks all kind of stuff in it, you name it. From physics to math to everything. And he sent me a very serious letter. He said, son, this could be an opportunity to get out there because there's no other way you can get out of there. Give a shot. So I got all those books. I studied, tell the truth. I even didn't know how I studied. I even didn't know if I got it. I learned, I didn't learn because that's all I had. Yeah. <laughs> that was bizarre. And every day I was disciplined enough. In every evening I spent three, four hours after the farm work 
just look at those books. Sometimes I steal the one page for all night long because I had no idea what this page was talking about. Mm. But I guess I've learned something. <laughs> I guess, okay. Did you pass the test? I passed the test. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Uh, I actually, later on, about a couple years ago, finally I saw the statistics, okay? Uh, that was the millions, millions people applied. Only 5% passed. Hmm. Wow. Now remember, I had to compete against six, seven years older than me, and those guys literally went formal education from junior high to the senior high. You know what I mean? Because I'm hmm. talking about the, the age gap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I even didn't realize when I say they say you will pass, I will say, oh, really? <laughs> Can you, Greg, Greg, hang on a second here. Okay, so you get, so you're, you're, you've been dropped off on the mountainside of some yes. province. You're, you've learned to cook rice, farm pigs, farm rice, roll in your own cigarettes. You're, you're starting <laughs> to relax a little bit. All of a sudden, a letter arrives from your mom with boxes right. of textbooks. And she says, son, right. read all these and hope for the best. <laughs> right, exactly. That's exactly uh -huh. right. I, 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 I can't imagine. To explain this, but I even don't know how I went through it, but all I knew was I passed it. <laughs> uh, when, you were, when you were in the farms, how many days or how many hours a day were you working? Uh, seven days a week. There's no weekend. There's no calendar. There's no clock. Nothing. There's no weekend. Oh, today is Sunday. There's no such thing. Every morning when the sun come up, you go to work. Sun goes down. It's it's. Let me put it. So it's very very tough. Very hard work. Yeah. Very very hard. Did you have let a girlfriend? Work. Uh, uh, not not really girlfriend. You know, have uh, five boys and uh, five girls. Yeah. Okay. So you do your imagination. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you in? Are you in contact uh, with any of those people? Do you know how to contact any of those ten people today? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, but not very closely because everybody had their own life. You know, everybody sure. working on their own own stuff. Uh, let me tell you how one of the difficult things. Just a few things I mentioned that too. Number one is remember, uh, 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 in in the farm, uh, we we able to we learned we able to using a bamboo stick on your shoulder. So we normally, uh, because we're harvesting and we're plant harvesting uh, uh, rice, mm -hmm. so so we have to carry those grains. I mean, we're able to carry you know up to 150 pounds mm -hmm. on a two bucket. That's why uh, my mom always say why I'm so short because you know when I was 15, 16, I have to carry 150 pounds constantly day in day out. Mm. Okay. Uh, and and obviously sometimes uh, we didn't have the shoes, so my mom couldn't send me shoes. So lots of times we're barefooted. Hmm. Okay. Because that, that's the way it was. It's not like a something, oh, how difficult. No, it's the way. Just sometimes you have to think about that's the way it was. Okay. Whatever it was, whatever it was. The most difficult part is in August. Because the, the, the rice in that area has a, they're playing two seasons. Mm -hmm. The first season was the end of April, okay? And in the beginning of August, you have to harvest the first one, replant the second one. Mm -hmm. 
August at that time was constantly above 95. 100 is very easy. As you know, the rice is grown in the water. So, so rice paddy is water. Mm -hmm. Water mixed with mud. Just imagine this. In the 80, uh, in the 100 degree, you were in the rice paddy in the water and you do the planting of the rice. The heat from top, the water heat heats up. You sweat like you pee. Mm. That's how bad it was. Does that make sense to you? It does. You're just sweating, mm. just absolutely crazy. And you're constantly drinking the muddy water because there's no other water you can find. So the one thing I'm so, so, so happy I didn't get sick. By mm. today's standard, you look back, oh my God, almost like every single moment because the water, this and that, you will get sick. But magically enough, all 10 of us survived. Wow. So. Whew. That's like part one. <laughs> the cultural revolution. <laughs> yes, I think. <laughs> I, I know. This is, unfortunately, we have to cut it short because I have 11 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show to do. I was going to say, based on uh, the, this lighting thing is easy, huh, Alice, compared to all that? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take it all day long. So, wow. so Alice, you're you're like the you're like the Chinese Godfather of lighting. You're gonna have a three part series on the story here. So we'll start if we could do it again. I'd love to interview you about leave the exiting of the Cultural Revolution and returning back yes. to normalcy. But for now, well, thank you for being a guest on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. That's part one of Ellis Yan. Sure. Thank you, awesome. guys. Really appreciate it. You See you next time. See you next yeah, time. Yeah. TCPI.com for technical consumer products. One of the great, great, great companies in the lighting business, Greg. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, as you've heard today, who, who started it, Alice Yan, and why they've become great is because of the experiences he went through and, and uh, you know, and, and where they're at today. Um, and, you know, talking about what they do as a company, they're having these virtual lunches that Ellis is putting on. And he's doing three every single day, and he's been doing it for the last month and a half, and he continues to do it. Why? Because he's passionate. He cares about lighting. He wants you, if you're in a lighting industry, to be good at it, to know what it's about, to understand it, and to be able to sell it accurately, efficiently, effectively. He does it all for you. And you heard his story, at least part one of his story today. More to come. But what a great company. What a great person. Yeah, you know, it's um, we before we came into the studio, Scott and I were talking about uh, had been, well, Scott, we weren't talking about. Scott mentioned how he, he's becoming more and more interested in micro histories, like um, anecdotal stories that come out of a larger movement in history. And so many Americans are naive to, or not naive, or ignorant to what what's happened in China. Um, I am. Yeah. I, I didn't know any of that stuff you guys talked about today on the show. I mean, that's why I didn't talk much. Yeah. <laughs> this is a new topic for me. Yeah. So, okay, but I mean, the cultural revolution was a really scary, scary, scary thing. And, um, you know, he may have overcome it and he may look back. And so that built character, that built adversity. But that's pretty wild the way the government can just come along and say, there's too many people in Shanghai. You're going to a mountain village and you're going to become a subsistence farmer. Or till until we say you're not a subsistence farmer anymore, Crazy. and you know Americans are not are not accustomed to that kind of thought process, but they 
they may now be coming more accustomed to it. And so maybe we should, maybe there's a cautionary aspect in all this when we consider the current climate of the times. But either way, folks, it's just a lighting podcast. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you.